Good morning, everyone. Yeah, we're just we're we're right at time, maybe a minute past, but uh, thank everyone for coming out this morning. We're going to start. We're going to do like just a quick little review, and then go into chapter eight. All right, so. Just a quick recap since we missed last week. I want to start with the summary here. Um, having demonstrated Jesus' superiority to prophets, angels, Moses, and Levi, the Levitical priests, uh, the Hebrew writer summarizes we have a high priest at God's right hand who is minister and mediator of a better covenant established on better promises. So Jesus, our high priest, is greater than the angels and the Levite priests and above Abraham. This is why the Hebrew writer is saying that he is similar to Melchizedek. It's the point that needs to be made to the Jewish reader or listener. Remember that the main audience, while we can learn a lot from this as well, the main audience was to Hebrews. They considered themselves Abraham's children. And I'm going to go through just a quick little exchange here between Jesus and some Jews in John chapter 8. I'm just going to hit a few verses. But this kind of summarizes how they looked at this. If you look at John chapter 8, verse 33, they responded to Jesus. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? And then a few verses down in 39, they're responding to Jesus again. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. And Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. And then again, in that same chapter down verses 56 to 58, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it and was glad. Then the Jews said to him, you are not yet 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Making that statement, making the point that he is above Abraham, that he is with God. Now, at this point, they moved to stone Jesus because they were greatly offended, but he hid himself and left. Uh, but this is why they need to understand that Jesus is above the Levites, above the priesthood, and above Abraham. Otherwise, they will reject him again, as they did when they crucified him. So in this short chapter, chapter 8, Hebrew chapter 8, Hebrews chapter 8, it's plural, um, the writer talks about Jesus as our high priest first in the first half, and then in the second half, the new covenant that is replacing the old one. So Hebrews chapter 8, I'm going to start in verse 1. Now this is the main point of the things we are saying. We have such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle which the Lord erected, and not man. For every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. Therefore, it is necessary that this one also have something to offer. For if he were on earth, he would not be a priest, since there are priests who offer the gifts according to the law. 
who serve the copy and shadow of the heavenly things as Moses was divinely instructed when he was about to make the tabernacle. For he said, See that you make all things according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch as he is also mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second. Because finding fault with them, he says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they did not continue in my covenant, and I disregarded them, says the Lord. For this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. None of them shall teach his neighbor, and none his brother, saying, Know the Lord. For all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. In that, he says, a new covenant, he has made the first obsolete. Now what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. So that is... Hebrews chapter 8, and we kind of discussed this, and you can look at their summary even, but what are the main points of this chapter? There's really just two main things he's discussing. Right, in the second half, he's talking about the old covenant being replaced by the new. So that's, yeah, that's the second half of the chapter, talking about the new covenant. And then in the first half of the chapter, he's talking about the ministry of Christ. Did you have something, Jim? I'm sorry. Right, we have a better high priest, definitely. Right. So he's talking about the new ministry of Christ, how he is a better high priest for us. Now, question number two, where is our high priest? Right, he's seated at the right hand of God, right? Or I shouldn't say right again, I should say correct, right? But anyway, I say right. But he is seated at the right hand of God. So, um, and in what or where does he minister? He ministers through his church on earth. Well, that, yeah, now that's who he ministers to or for. Yes, he does. But they're asking where they say in what. And I, I, you know, I'm thinking of it. It's a place. It's a location. Where does he minister? If you think of. Well, he is at the right hand of God, but this is the, the sanctuary and the true tabernacle built by God. He's in the true, whereas the, the tabernacle on earth had its holy of holies, which wasn't really. It's a shadow of what's really there in heaven. 
He is in the true tabernacle and in the true holy of holies made by God. That's, that's the point that they're making. If you look back at verse 2, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle which the Lord erected and not man. So above the earthly tabernacle. So question number three, if Jesus were on earth, what could he not be? A priest, right? If he was still living as a guy on earth, then he couldn't be a priest because they already had priests and all, you know. I don't know how much I'm assuming that the Jewish people still follow a lot of the same things today, but I don't I don't know their yes. That's one reason, yep. He could not be a priest because he's not from the right tribe to be one of their priests. Now number four. What served as a copy and shadow of the true tabernacle? The church. Well, um, well, we're we're the church, right? We're yeah. the people. But uh, what they're looking for here is uh, what what served as a copy and shadow of the true tabernacle that's in heaven. That Jesus, like we talked about before, Jesus is. Uh, ministering for us in heaven in the Holy of Holies, right? So they're referring to the earthly tabernacle, the tabernacle that Moses had them build. Well, God really had them build according to his specifications. He gave them all the specifications on the mountain. But uh, you'll see in various places, like here, uh, it says that Moses was instructed to build it I'm trying to look and see exactly as he says it. Yeah, the heavenly things as Moses was divinely instructed. So And then later, well, later they had the temple in Jerusalem, and that again followed a similar pattern. And it was a shadow of what is truly in heaven. It's not, you know, the exact same thing. Does anyone have anything else on that? All right. So, question five. In what way has Jesus obtained a more excellent ministry? And I guess you could just... Depends on how you want to say that, but uh, you could just describe how his ministry is more excellent. It's a better covenant. It's a better covenant, right? Established on better promises, right. It's a better covenant established on better promises. Right. Jesus gave... Right. Jesus gave the one eternal sacrifice for all time. That's why we do not make sacrifices or offerings like that anymore. Because the Lord did that for us. He made that one perfect eternal sacrifice. Yeah. 
Yes. I'm still very curious about the Jewish community today and how they're able to, you know, believe the way they believe, for one, and be able to follow the law at all, for that matter. You know, if uh, the priest that's supposed to be from the Levi tribe, is that followed today by the, the Jewish people if they have to be from that tribe? Or even how they... I don't know in this country if you could even have those kinds of sacrifices. We have animal cruelty laws and some of that might outlaw some of those practices. But I don't know. I'm not involved in any of their <laughs> practices. Yeah, well, it is a curious thing that I wonder too how they manage. Did you have something, Jim? Well, Jesus condemned them for the tradition. Uh, and those weren't established in the original covenant that God made with them on the mountain. You know, they, they were practicing things then that were not according to that. And I suspect that likewise today, they're doing things the way they wanted. Okay, so yeah, I'm right. That makes sense because Jesus condemned them for their traditions and then they were still following things they shouldn't have been and they probably still are. But I don't know that. You know, I haven't been in any of theirs to see what they do. But, uh, I don't either. I've, I've never seen smoke coming up out of one of their buildings. So I, I'm just saying, you know, did you have something? Jerusalem was destroyed. All their records, everything was gone. I don't think they know what tribes are from anymore. They don't. And, and Oh. I haven't read up on it a lot, so take us a grain of salt, maybe. But I don't know of reading about any priests now. They have they have their their rabbis, but I don't think they they do as they did in the Old Testament. Oh, okay. I, they they still have laws they follow, but I without a priesthood to follow and and have a high priest, see, they would have to have a high priest. And when the records were destroyed, they they don't know who's what. Okay, so because their records were destroyed, you don't think they know which tribes they're in and they don't really have a priesthood or high priest. Now, I don't know. This is something interesting to look. And I have read that where they yeah, not they came from. They're just they're in this place. Okay, and Addie, you said you had heard that too, that you'd read that too? Okay. They have a lot of traditions of men that they follow. One is very strange that I heard of firsthand. Um, a preacher and his wife found out that their neighbor neighbor that was Jewish had a loss in their family and they took food to them and they could not accept it because it wasn't cooked in a certain pan because yep. they have certain pans they cook uh, meat in and vegetables in and, and milk in and they can't mix them and so they cannot accept food from Gentiles. From, uh, yeah, from Gentiles. Yeah, yeah that, that's probably that's probably the accurate so, way to yeah, say that. That's one of the traditions of men. Yeah, they have the tradition of they cook everything in separate. If they really keep a kosher kitchen, yes, go ahead, Kim. Uh, within the Jewish community, they have, there's not a lot of unification there. There's a lot of division with sex. They do this. We're very conservative. We're you know, we follow this. Um, there's some that are incredibly 
shared about um, the women and their head coverings and working outside the home and so on and so forth. Again, tradition. So that, that there are others who are considered more liberal or loose. They don't have a kosher kitchen. They don't practice those. Those food laws. They don't. They don't all practice it. All seem to spend a lot of time learning Torah or the first five books. Right. The Torah is the basis of Judaism. A little bit about how knowledgeable they are about that, and that is a way to sort of. Climb the ladder in Judaism and their religious role as rabbis. So they're really as fractured as, like, when I look at Christianity, sometimes it's disheartening that we are so fractured with all these different divisions that Paul readily talks about and we should not have. That's another soapbox for another thing, but I mean, but they sound just as fractured as we are in that they have different levels of that. Did you have something, Maddie? No, I was just going to agree. They, they are as fractured as we are. Yeah, they are they fractured. Are so many that you wouldn't believe. Right. They, they've developed so many different beliefs, especially as far as their food and the kitchens and all that go. I, I know some of that. Yes? It's interesting when you see a documentary where they go into New York see the Jews with the long curls. Yep. I mean, those are very, very strict Jews. Are, are they the most strict? The Jews with the curls, they're the ones that you think are the most strict? I don't know. I'm just... Hasidics? Hasidics, are they the most strict then? Yeah? Okay. Now, I I didn't know that either. I, I've heard of Hasidic Jews. They tend to have arranged marriages. Okay, well, that makes sense if they're trying to keep that tie and keep themselves purely Jewish and keep that tie back with those other, with others that are similar, right? Does anybody have anything else on that? I don't remember why we kind of diverged off like that, but but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Um, so... So they're still trying, as far as we know anyway, I would assume they're still trying to live under some form of that first covenant. I don't know how, and I don't know how you would justify not doing sacrifices and things that it says they're commanded to do. But All right. So I think we are ready for question number six. Why was it necessary to replace the first covenant with the second? Because man couldn't keep the first one. Man couldn't keep the first one? Uh, what did you have, Jim? Uh, it wasn't perfect. It was as God gave it, but man couldn't keep it. Right. It wasn't perfect for us, I would say, maybe. I don't know. Uh, what, Dan? and high priest, they're all human, and we read where the new priest would come along, new high priest, and wouldn't follow God's laws. What high priest we have now is perfect, the Son of God. But 
back then they had to really pay to somebody stated, you know, we're earthly and yeah. human and we make mistakes. And when they would go the wrong way, the people would go the wrong way. Same later on with the judges and kings. Right. So in, in the Old Covenant, right, you had human earthly priests who were fallible. They made mistakes and did not follow God correctly. We saw that in uh, Samuel, even First Samuel, in our study. Yes, Pat. I was going to say the high priest had to offer sacrifices for his own sins where our high priest did not. Right. The high priest had to offer sacrifices for their own sins. Were, and that was daily, I believe, if I remember correctly. And our high priest does not do that. He was perfect. He did, does not need to do that. And so that's that's another example of the fact that we do have a perfect high priest that makes this a better covenant. And that he is, and he's in the real holy of holies. So there's there's that as well. But uh, and the fault. The fault with the first covenant was not with God. I mean, we know the fault was with humans, right? It was with people. That was where the problem uh, lay. So, does anybody have anything else on that? So, number seven. This is kind of an odd question. Which covenant was the first old covenant? I say it's odd because it's it seems fairly obvious, but the law, right? What what we would refer to, some people call it the Mosaic Covenant, or or uh, what else? Um, Well, see, that's why I thought this was kind of an odd question. There is a covenant with Abraham that precedes this covenant, but it, I guess it was not um, as detailed. It wasn't, uh, wasn't the same. But this is the first covenant that was made with Israel when God let them out of, led them out of Egypt. And this was the covenant that was made on the mountain. But we know that he also had a covenant with Abraham. <coughs> And this is this actually is a part of that as you go down the line. Does anybody have anything else? All right. So question number eight. List characteristics of God's new covenant foretold by Jeremiah and Yeah, okay. And the Hebrew writer actually quotes that for us there in those verses. Yes? Well, the law of Moses was uh, written on stone, and it prophesied that it was the new one was going to be written on our hearts. Right. Right. God's law would be on our hearts and our minds. I mean, we can look at uh, those verses... I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people, right? So, anything else? What else, uh, what else do they say about that? Is 
It says none shall teach their neighbor, right, to know the Lord, for all will know him. Now, that may sound a little odd, but what they're getting at is that we all have an intimate relationship with God. We all have our own relationship with the Lord. And even if we were all separated out through some weird event or whatever by ourselves, we would still have the Lord and God and we would still have a relationship with Him. I, I don't think it's really saying that like we can't get together and study and learn from each other. That's not the idea. But just that we would all still have that relationship with God and God would still teach us through His Word. Right, and that was, that was probably the final point that I had here too, is that our sins, he, he will be merciful and remember their sins no more. He remembers, he does not remember our sins. We have been forgiven. It's not that we are perfect, but through the Lord, we are forgiven totally of our sins. Yes, Pat. And, and we know that God's Right, and this is, this is totally available to everyone, Jew, Gentile, everyone. And God is no respecter of persons, that's right. So this is available, this salvation, this covenant is available to everyone. Yes, Dan? Right. Yeah, God remember, does not remember our sins anymore. Now, that's, very, that's a very good point because we do not need to go to any priest or man to confess our sins, to communicate with God in any way. We can go straight to God in prayer, and it's still through the Lord, but we can go to God and confess our sins and be forgiven. Right. It has been messed with somehow, and that's that is not that is not the way it should be. We shouldn't be going to people. It's one thing to confess our sins to one another. If I have faults and and wanna, you know, and, and just say, look, that's that's a problem I have, whatever that problem might be, then that's okay. And that, that we do for other reasons to help each other out and to pray for one another. But uh that's not the same. 
So, does anyone have anything else on the, the New Covenant, though, before we move on? Well, we have question nine. I think we can do this before we end here. With the New Covenant, what happened to the Old Covenant? Right, the Old Covenant is obsolete. And... The writer even says it's old and ready to vanish away, right? So the Old Covenant, and now, I mean, for our purposes, the Old Covenant has passed away. Does anyone have anything on that? Yes? Right. This was this was God's way of making a way for us to be restored to God and get back to that relationship like he had with Adam and Eve. Yes, Pat. Right. Yeah, that's right. That was a that as I understand it, that was a symbol when the veil when when Christ died and there was an earthquake and the veil was split, that was a way of demonstrating and telling us that we have access to God. Right. And we have access to the Holy of Holies through Christ. Yes, we do. We we definitely do have that. So our did you have anything, Jim? Okay. So our time is up this morning. I want to thank you for your attention and interaction.